This Week in Wealth is powered by Alpha Wealth Group. If you're serious about retirement and have saved $250,000 or more, call Alpha Wealth Group's Tom Fortino now, 630-934-1855 or alphawealthgroup.com. Alpha Wealth Group, retirement made simple. Hey, good morning, Chicago. Welcome back to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink. I'm a WGN radio talk show host and the CEO of Best Money Moves, my financial wellness company. And I'm Tom Fortino. I'm the principal and founder of the Alpha Wealth Group right here in the Chicagoland area. So if you want to talk with Tom, if you want to ask us a question, give us a call 630-934-1855. Or you can always go to alphawealthgroup.com and take advantage of all the really wonderful information that Tom has on his website. So, Tom, let's dive in because one of the things that keeps coming back with questions that we get from people and all the rest is that inflation doesn't seem to be abating. The mm. Federal Reserve, I, I know, we keep thinking every week it's going to go down, but the Federal Reserve released their new survey of household economics and decision making. That's quite the title. And while people mostly feel they're okay, a significant number are not. Uh, apparently, 35% of adults at the end of 2022 said they were worse off than 12 months earlier. And that just, um, it all has to do with inflation. So we've seen higher inflation rates make changes across you know, the whole country, you know, both with mm-hmm. what we're buying as consumers, but what in investment companies and financial institutions are doing with their traditional portfolios, right? The 60-40 yeah. stock bond thing. So maybe let's just start there. Like your thoughts on inflation and how it's affecting everybody's portfolio. Well, it's it's not just affecting your portfolio. It's fa- affecting your psyche, of course. It's affecting your wallet. It's affecting a lot of things. And that can be problematic on a lot of levels. But as far as the portfolios, uh, you know, I always say be cautious when we start making moves and we anticipate things that are going to happen in the market, you know, as far as predicting how things are going to happen. We see it all the time. We've talked about it many times. At least. This is how you underperform the market where you start to make moves here or there. You know, and then when we talk about inflation, too, of course, then when you're nearing or in retirement, this is where you're very vulnerable because if you're on a fixed income or or you know, now you have to dig further into investments to, mm. um, right? That That's yeah. really troublesome. And, you know, you tie that in too with longevity and all the other risks we have to deal with. I guess, you know, we really want to understand our overall situation so we can make the, the right decisions. Now, as far as the 60-40 portfolio goes, again, I would be cautious. Yes, it got beat up last year. It's just like technology, right? Mm-hmm. In any of these sectors, technology is one of the first performing sectors. It's one of the best, if not the best performing sector. So if we made a move based on, wow, this, these high flyers are getting beat up, I'm going to go to more cautious stocks or more cautious portfolio. Guess what? You'd be down this year or flat. So this is why I'm saying you want to have a plan that you can stick with and we don't make big moves. I mean, I think I've quoted before, Eugene Fama says, it's like a bar of soap, right? The Nobel Prize one. The more you handle it, the smaller it gets. So let's be careful what we do with our portfolios. I, every time you say that quote, I, I think how appropriate it is for anybody who has <laughs> a portfolio because the itch is to do something fast yes. and to mm-hmm. make a move fast and to just react. Everybody wants to react in their portfolios. And it's one of the reasons that I think people need a financial advisor, somebody like you, is 
Because you don't do that. You don't react in the same way that even I, who have you know lots of experience doing this, that I would react or that a novice investor reacts because you see what goes on in portfolios and you think, oh my gosh, I've got to do something right now. If I don't do mm-hmm. something, I'm just going to keep losing money. But your perspective and the perspective of the market is, have you have a long enough time horizon? That isn't going to be the case. Yeah, you want to design your portfolio, though, and this is where I think we we just don't know. You know, emotions come into play, or we don't really have a solid investment plan that can, that we can stick to. That's really where the the where the problem can be. We it's like Peter Lynch said: know what you own, know why you own it. How many of us know what we own? Are you? We talk about the sixty portfolio. Um, you know, right now, I, I think that you know the fixed piece of it. A lot of the interest rate risk. Well, let me rephrase that interest rate risk is lower than it has been in the future because interest rates are high right now. So this is where you can pivot into making sure your money just isn't sitting in cash. We're getting 4 to 5%, which now you can get. I mean, these are moves that you can make with inside, inside your portfolio. We've talked about Treasury Direct. You can do T-bills on there paying 4 and 5% or more, right? So these are things that you can do where you make adjustments. You still keep the allocation, the percentage, of your portfolio that you're saying, this is where I don't want to take the risk. That's the percentage that's going to stay in fixed because technically those are principal protected. You do get an interest rate as long as you hold them to duration. You don't deviate from that. Maybe what you own inside that can change from time to time. But really, I would just say for anybody out there, really to do a deeper dive and understand what you own and then so we don't you don't react. I mean, that's why we always do a portfolio analysis and you uncover some things. People are surprised to say, wow, I didn't realize what I had in these sectors. I didn't realize how much uh, risk I really had. And that's a review we do. We do that for anybody who wants that. We do a portfolio x-ray. We'll, sh- we'll show you what you have. And then from there, you can make the decisions on what makes sense for you as far as your risk tolerance and investment objectives. All right. So a portfolio x-ray, I think, is an excellent idea. I, I really do. Because to your point, people think to themselves, wow, I, well, I own this index fund and I own this ETF. And you may just actually own the same thing mm-hmm. over and over again. Right. So the other thing that I really like about it is that an x-ray should show you whether, say, a 60-40 portfolio is conservative for you or risky for you. Mm-hmm. Right? So you yeah. can take the same 60-40 portfolio and for, you know, person over here let's call him Bill, uh, you know, for Bill, that portfolio is going to be very risky it, mm-hmm. it, because maybe they're 95, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe, or maybe they just need to have a fixed amount of income and they can't even tolerate the risk. They can't sleep at night. Whereas, let's say for me, I'm, you know, not risk adverse and I'm in my 50s. So a 64 portfolio is way too conservative to match the longevity risk that I'm going to have going forward. So if you do an x-ray, feels to me like that ought to give you some insight into not only what you have, so you know what you own, but also where your risk tolerance is right. and how you feel about it. Yeah, and should you make any te- any changes? You know, it's a relative term. Conservative to you and conservative to me may mean two different things. But then also, as you said, at least matching it up with your goals. And so this is why that's so important because you're, you're doing that look under the hood. And now there's no question because if you're questioning, you see things happening in the market. And certainly there's volatility from day to day or week to week or month to month. I'm not saying you can be totally unemotional. 
But again, you, you, if you know what you own and you're comfortable and you have a, a plan that you can stick to, this is where I think the difference, all the difference can be made. So that's where this understanding that your portfolio and doing the analysis, it's, it's objective and it's, it's, uh, it's just what it is what it is. All right. Well, if you would like Tom to do an x-ray of your portfolio, you can go to alphawealthgroup.com and leave him a message, or you can give us a call, 630-934-1855. We'll be back in a moment with more of This Week in Wealth on 720 WGN. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Klink, here with Tom Fortino of the Alpha Wealth Group. You can find us uh, phone text 630-934-1855 or just go to alphawealthgroup.com. So Tom, a new survey by Schroeder says the average working American thinks they need $1.1 million to retire. Now we had somebody call in last week and asked you if $500,000 was the magic number because he'd been hearing ads on the radio with that number in it, which shows how susceptible we are to social media and marketing. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, we've also talked about other surveys that say, yeah, you really need $3 million to retire. And then we have plenty of people call us who have nothing or virtually nothing in their retirement accounts, even if they have a 401k, mm-hmm. and they figure they're never going to retire. So here's the question. Do you get calls from people who tell you they've saved to retirement and then ask you, is that actually enough? <laughs> I want to know how you answer that question. And what does it actually take to come up with their so-called retirement number? Because we just talked about know what you own, but maybe yeah. the answer is I'm in my 20s and I don't own nothing. Uh-huh. Well, you know, we hear this all the time. I don't know how many different times we've talked about this. I think there was one that said you needed $4 million and it's $1.1 million. It's $1.25 million. And I just, I just always say, be cautious and don't get caught in a trap. Look, if you have a million dollars in a retirement account, God bless. I mean, that's terrific, and I applaud people that have done that. But here's what's so critical about this and why I say don't get caught in this trap, right? It's, it is not an income. It's an asset, right? Mm-hmm. My point is, if you run through those, that's why you hear the phrase, income is more important than in investments because investments can run out. Right. So, right. So we want to have income, whether we're, you know, 75, 80, 85, whatever age, that income, that paycheck is coming in. So we really have to be careful about a number. Look, you know, I, I want to be clear, though. Look, if you have $10 million and all you need is $50,000 a year off your in, investments, we'll take a knee. You're there. OK, I let's be I don't want to say there's no number. <laughs> right. OK. I mean, to be fair, I know some people say there's no number. Well, there could be. But. The point that I think people need to do is take a step back and evaluate, and this is like the that's this is part of the process we do to answer your question in this long roundabout way. I am the first step is okay. Well, tell me where your income's coming from. Well, I have Social Security. My spouse has Social Security. We're going to have seventy thousand dollars of Social Security income. I have a pension at twenty five thousand. These are lifetime incomes. Well, if your needs are a hundred thousand and you have eighty thousand coming in. Well, you know, now that number maybe doesn't have to be as large. And so it's critical in the cornerstone to your planning where I start when I'm sitting down with someone. And and I'm an investment advisor rep. We do portfolio management. That's an important piece of it. But first, really sit down, know your numbers, just like we said, know what you own. But know what you need in retirement, right? And then know Mm -hmm. what you have coming in. And where's that income gap? Now we can start talking about what you need over and above the income you need to supplement your income. 
Yeah, I mean, I think this is a really important point. So I have a friend who's a teacher, and he's about to complete, I don't know if it's 25 years or 30 years, he's going to retire. He's got one more year to go. Mm -hmm. And his pension will be very significant. He's been teaching for a long time. The Illinois Pension Fund, no matter how you feel about it, and the fact Mm -hmm. that it's a little underfunded, still pays out a very healthy Six, he'll have a six-figure, low six figures, but you know he'll have a six-figure pension, mm-hmm. and he's still you know not even sixty. So yeah. he's he's got a long way to go, but he's got that pension. He doesn't have. He has a partner who has a very substantial income, and they've managed to save, but he doesn't actually have any other savings except that. But mm-hmm. I think for what he spends, that's plenty, and mm-hmm. and so. You know, he he worries that he doesn't have more put away. But I'm like, you have this amazing thing, this yeah. pension that's going to pay out, you know, $120,000 a year and then float mm-hmm. up with inflation. That's pretty valuable. Yeah, I would tell this is why we talk about creating an income plan. I had a husband and wife in here this this past week. OK, between them, they're going to have uh, 70. I'm sorry, 80,000 in Social Security. He's having 41. She has 39. Again, this is income. Then they have some annuities they bought like 15 years ago. That's going to give them another 25000 or 26000 So when we're, I'm having a discussion with them, I can say as we sit here today, five years, four years from now they're going to retire, you'll have $105,000 of income. That's separate from the investments. Now they have, God bless them, they have over a million dollars. They've done a great job investing. But now they want more than the hundred and five. They want more, more like 125 a year to live on. But now we can start to look at, okay, how do we create the income to factor in what we talked about before inflation? But this is how you start to put it together and provide some clarity. Right. And if they've got a million dollars, let's say, that could mm-hmm. translate into another $40,000 of income, which would give them one hundred and forty-five. right? Right. You could look at that as supplementing the income. You could even be a little more conservative and say, we, did we take three or four? But then, of course, you have time to grow it, and, and then you always have to incorporate taxes and inflation. And, and when we test plans, that's what we do. So I ran an analysis for them. I tested their plan. I showed them, okay, how do we get to a very high probability of success? And by the way, I run it to age 95. So I tell them, look, you're both going to live to 95. And, but uh, not a minute longer. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I can run it to a hundred. <laughs> Listen, my uh, my mother's advisor, his mother died at a hundred and nine. Gosh, in wow. twenty twenty, right with full faculty. So I don't know. We're going to have to start. <laughs> I think increasing our numbers here, right? Uh, you, we have to. They're it's doing really. It but that's a great. So here we go. This is you know first you know thing to do is the X ray, the portfolio X ray. Second thing is. You know, again, how much do you actually need? How much do you have actually coming in for retirement? What's the gap? I I Mm -hmm. think that the gap is really where you need to start, right? Because Mm -hmm. there are some things you can do, right? If you can't manufacture any more income from your portfolio or your savings or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. You know, then you have to look at what you're going to spend. Well, maybe there's a cheaper place to live. Maybe you move states so that whatever income you have doesn't have a state tax. Or maybe you still work part-time because all you actually need to do is bring in, say, $20,000, $25,000 a year, and there are 27 things you could do that would bring that in for you. So you have to look at that kind of x-ray look not just at what you own but of course Mm -hmm. the x-ray of everything and i you know we talk about it all the time but i think that this stuff you can't talk about 
what your retirement number is. I don't think you, we can talk about it enough. So I'm going to keep bringing it up, if yeah. you don't mind, Tom. <laughs> I think it's important. It's okay. It's your right, exactly. All right, 630-934-1855 is the number. You can call or text us with your question. Or if you want Tom to do an x-ray of your portfolio for you, you can also go to alphawealthgroup.com and take advantage of all the really cool information Tom has on his website that explains a lot of these concepts, alphawealthgroup.com. We'll be back in a moment with more of This Week in Wealth on 720 WGN. Hey, welcome back to the second half of This Week in Wealth. If you're just joining us, I'm Elise Glink. I'm CEO of Best Money Moves, my financial wellness company, and I'm here with Tom Fortino, the founder and principal of the Alpha Wealth Group. Every week we talk about money, your money, our money, money we wish we had, all kinds of good things. You ain't cover it all. And we're glad you're here to join us. 630-934-1855 is our number if you've got a question or would like to text in something or go to alphawealthgroup.com. So, Tom, every year the Employee Benefit Research Institute does a study about how confident people are about mm-hmm. retirement. And maybe this goes along with what we've been talking about, but the new numbers that just came out aren't good. Mm-hmm. Last year, 73% of people said they were confident about having enough money to comfortably retire. And of course, everybody means something different by that number. So we can only go with how people feel about it. Sure. But this year, the number went down from 73% to 64%. And the number of people who said they were very confident dropped from 28% to 18%. So... You know, what's really going on here, do you think? And I know that with inflation running high, seniors are concerned about travel, medical bills, you know, just groceries. How do you help people think about, you know, how confident they can be? And and how do you what do you do to boost that confidence in your practice? Well, you know, what we've been talking about really throughout the show today, at least, is understanding i think this uncertainty when we talk about that's really a terrible thing unfortunately creates stress you don't know um maybe the market is a concern to you the inflation is a concern to you all these but sometimes we don't even know what we have we don't know um our you know the things that are in place and and maybe it's better than you think so this is why it's so important to really take a step back we talk about financial organization and we talk about you know knowing you know what you need in retirement do people know? Do they track all of these things? Do they know what they have coming in with income? And so you really want to understand what you have. I think I mentioned before that ING survey said that um, orphaned accounts uh, from 401ks, the average orphaned account where people are not watching them, they, you know, if they're old 401k companies or they're old companies, they went with them, sorry, somewhere between ten dollars and $50,000. And so, you know, it's so important to really evaluate everything. I've had people come in and we go through it and We'll run things and they'll say, yeah, I, I see where I'm at. I feel a lot better. I understand what's going on. And it always, again, comes back to, you know, because we, if you're in, nearing retirement in retirement, that's where it gets a little scary because the bills don't stop, right? You, yeah. you, you have the mortgage payment and property tax. You certainly have property tax, even if the mortgage is paid off. You have health care, food, clothing, and, of course, as we just you just talked about, travel. And so the question is, how do I, and then we have to deal with these other things, such as taxes, longevity risk, what happens if an unforeseen event occurs. And this is why when I talk about having, being complete, that's why we talk about the five pieces to your plan. And I think that's where you got to start. You may be in a better spot than you think. 
You know, it's funny. So a couple of weeks ago, or maybe whenever it was, a couple of weeks ago, I filled in for Your Money Matters. And mm-hmm. uh, we took a, I got a text from a couple of medical health professionals. I don't think they were doctors, but they were in that world. Mm-hmm. And they were in their 50s, and they were getting close, you know, thinking that they had to start planning for retirement. And they just didn't know what to do. They had some money saved. They, if you know, didn't really know where they wanted to live. It was almost as if they woke up one day and said, oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's common. <laughs> I've got 10 years left. Where did the years go? Where did the uh-huh. decades go? And I know you had said something about this, like... Your clients who walk through the door, they're like, hey, how did I get to be 60? How did I get to be 55? How did I get to be 60? I was so busy raising this gaggle of yep. children of mine or whatever it is. They mm-hmm. wake up and one day they say, wow, I'm not going to be doing what I'm doing now for the rest of my life. I definitely want to do something else. How do I make those numbers work? But I think there's a heightened anxiety around it. Well, you know, there was a Harris Poll study that showed 70% of the respondents thought they thought the retirement plan was too confusing. And I get it. We're bombarded with types of information. We see what's going on every day. You know, no matter what, you can't get away from it. And so I want to say, I don't think it's as complicated as it needs to be. I think if it's explained properly, we just talked earlier about, you know, you just go to SSA.gov, find out what your benefits are. You're starting to answer questions. You fill out a budget worksheet. You figure out what your numbers are, where you need to be. And you start piecing all this stuff together. And maybe it's not so complicated. You know, that's why I try to keep it simple with those five. I talk about the five pillars to your plan, Mm -hmm. having the income plan, minimizing taxes, doing things to minimize taxes having a solid investment plan, having a protection piece uh, for unforeseen events, and then having the right documents in place to control assets. Those are the five pieces. And so this if you look at those pieces of your plan and you start to use that as a checklist or a roadmap, as we like to call it, you can start to get a better your arms around what's going on. I think it's going to put you in a better spot. So that's how I would approach it. Yeah, I, th- I think that that's really helpful. And, you know, certainly as you're thinking through you know your own money and it and really i just want to i want to give a plug out there because i think your retirement plan ought to include your estate plan mm-hmm. you know we've talked about this in the past about what the pieces of an estate plan are the wills the trusts the you know the, the last directives or you know however you're going to sure. do it but the con- it's also the conversations with your children it's mm-hmm. you know what are you doing if you need to do something to solve a problem today what is that going to look like downstream? I just had a question come in to Think Link this week. Um, a woman who was just evicted from her home because she lived with her mother. She was the caregiver for her mom. And her mom signed a reverse mortgage. Mm. So when the mom died, she couldn't pay off the reverse mortgage. She had to sell the house. And she didn't have the cash to do it. The mom never thought about what it would mean they were trying to solve a problem of, you know, it, it just it just escalated, right? She was trying to solve a problem of not having enough cash on hand. But I think if the mother knew the daughter would be homeless from this, she would have never done that. There would have been other ways to solve those problems. And I think somebody like you can really help with that. Yeah, we see this all the time where, uh, because there's just a lot, again, these moving parts. But, you know, where you, unfo- you uh, disinherit children or unf- you don't realize it if there's a second marriage. You forgot. You forget to change beneficiaries. You can't change a beneficiary post death. Maybe your assets are not titled properly. If you don't have a will, 
Well, the laws of Illinois called dying intestate, they have a will for you, and it may not be what you think. So this is why this stuff is so critical and why I make it part. Look, I, we have an attorney that does all the estate planning, but I've been doing this over 20 years, and I, I'm pretty vocal about you really need to have some of this stuff in place because if you don't make the decision, someone else will make them for you. Yeah, and that's definitely not going to be your first choice. We're going to hold it there and you know, we're going to come back in a couple of minutes, but I want to give you an opportunity to call Tom and ask some of these questions for yourselves. I know you're thinking about it because we get the text. So if you want, pick up the phone, call or text us 630-934-1855, or you can go to alphawealthgroup.com, ask Tom for a portfolio x-ray and actually ask him for an estate plan x-ray. Same concept, but looking at your estate plan. All right, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a moment to talk about the $84 trillion that somebody is going to get next on 720 WGN. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink with Best Money Moves, here with Tom Fortino of Alpha Wealth Group. And remember, you can call in with a question or you can text us, 630-934-1855, or you can leave us a question or a comment or ask Tom a specific question, all you know, confidentially at alphawealthgroup.com. Okay, so Tom, the greatest wealth transfer in history is actually mm-hmm. here. We've been forecasting this for a couple of decades. We've said that older Americans... And even baby boomers are going to spe- pass down $84 trillion with a T. Mm-hmm. It's even more money than Elon Musk has. Just a few dollars, yeah. It's, e- it's even more money than <laughs> Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates have together. But anyway, so we're passing it down from older Americans, mostly to Gen Z and millennials and even mm-hmm. Gen X. And this is going to go on now through 2045. 16 trillion of that, right? So about, I don't know, a fourth will be transferred within the next decade. So if you've got a baby boomer client who's going to pass on some wealth, what point, at what point should the adult children who are going to inherit this money meet with you? Well, uh, you know, I do, I have done them for family meetings. You know, I don't think it's ever, you know, ever too early to do that. I mean, most of my clients are their children in their 20s, maybe some in their 30s or later. But, you know, it's a good idea because typically there's no rule book or instructions that come with the estate plan, right? Mm-hmm. If you're a successor trustee, if you're a power of attorney. And so it's it's really good. And you don't have to talk dollars and cents. That's the point. You don't even have to talk about the money necessarily. And typically, I'm, th- this is true, most children are not concerned about the money. They're concerned about their parents' wishes. And so... This is why this is good to have these discussions. We don't know, and you know, uh, when something is going to happen, and so it's really important to if you have the, if you start to establish these things and you put things in place that they understand. Okay, how do these documents work? What is my role in this? What are your wishes? We can talk even what are the tax consequences, or we want to understand those things. But there's never a bad time to have that conversation. So. Yeah. I always say let's have it. Well, I think it's really important to have it as well. And I and I have to say, you know, my family has a history of just being open and honest mm-hmm. about money. 
but and my uncle did as well with his children um you know before he passed he had lots and lots of conversations with them they set up you know wills and trusts and he was very clear about how the money should flow and how much there was uh you know but there's always something that gets left out and i'm going to use this as an example because i'm I'm kind of surprised that my cousins wouldn't have been on this. But one of the things that often I think gets forgotten are things like hotel points and mileage accounts. Mm -hmm. Right? So my uncle had a million miles in his account when he passed. And one of the cousins called up and said, I want to transfer these into my name. And the airline, which shall remain nameless for the moment, <laughs> said it will cost you $3,000 to do that. And he okay. said, $3,000, I don't want to pay that. And he hung up. And he never told his brother or the executors or anybody else about this. But mm. that million miles could have translated into $50,000 or more sure. of tickets. Yeah, it, And there was like this disconnect Nobody talked him through how to negotiate with the airlines. He never asked for help. He just kind of let them lie there, and I think they disappeared. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because, you know, there's no perfect plan out there. But, yeah, the, the as much as you can do, I know some people get caught up on these things, but, you know, um, this is why communication is so important. And this is why, um, because if you don't do some of these things, you may call places and they won't even talk to you until you go through court, right? So that's really a problem. You know, they won't even take the call. And 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 by the way, during your lifetime, right? I mean, I always say, look, uh, have your spouse or whoever it doesn't matter, sibling, call your four. Uh, we'll use the spouse because that's you would think would be the first person in line. Have them call your four hundred one k company, see what they tell them. No chance they're going to talk to them. Oh my gosh, that's so such a great. Such great advice. I mean, same thing with like a 529 plan. Mm -hmm. If you've got a 529 plan set up and it's like, for example, I'm on the on the account for, you know, our kids. But Mm -hmm. if Sam wants to talk to them, they need to put me on the line and I have to give verbal approval of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's why powers of attorney are important. Super important. You know, it's good. We haven't talked about powers of attorney in a while. But when you talk to a family and they say, you know what, I do want to talk to our kids. I just don't know how to do it. You know, we've got different situations like this one is special needs and this one is, you know, kind of selfish and grabby and this one is wonderful and would give away the world and I don't You know, like you have kids that you've raised in the same house, and I'm just giving kind of archetype examples, but they're all really different, right? And how do you, and I'm sure you've experienced that and more, how do you you manage that? How do you get that all set up so that you can have that conversation in a positive and caring way? Well, here's the thing typically, and like this is pretty common, and maybe this is helpful, when someone will say, well... I have three children. Who should I name my trustee or my power of attorney? I don't want to favor one over the other. And my explanation to them is, look, you're treating them all equally as beneficiaries, so you're not favoring one over the other. They're all getting an equal share. It'd be different if this one gets 20 and this one gets 80. I mean, that could cause a little friction. But, you know, in most cases, it's typically equally equally to me, all my children. Now, if there's other things that go into that, you know, you want to keep it in the bloodlines and all that stuff. If it goes, it goes to them, it goes to their grandchildren. But... You know, being a trustee, being a power attorney, that's not fun. So, and it's in some not. cases, some some of the children will say, "I don't want to, I don't want to do that." 
So, you know, just to be helpful in that process, I think that's one of the biggest hangups I come across where they say, oh, you know, who should I be naming and should I put the oldest? And it's not, that's not, the point is, and I do say this too, this is one of the best things, if not the best thing you can do for your family by putting these things in place. As far as the other things, the stumbling blocks, we can get through those things. Start by getting everything in place and getting assets titled properly and beneficiary set up. The other things, you know, you can get through those. I think, you know, when you have young children, so let's, you know, we always pitch this towards, I think, you know, our older 50 and 60 and 70-something listeners, but there are some extraordinary things you have to think about if you've got young children, Mm -hmm. right? So if you're in your 30s, and, and you're just starting to have kids, you may not think you have enough assets to worry about. You may think, oh, I'm under the $12 million limit that it is today, mm-hmm. or I'm even under a million dollars. But you may own a house, and you have to, more importantly, name guardians for your children. Right. I don't think we ever, we don't really remind you of that often enough, listeners, hello out there. <laughs> uh, but boy, if you don't name guardians and your immediate family members who are probably, according to the law, next in line to just take over as guardian. But if you have a different, say, perspective on religion, different perspective on money, mm-hmm. different perspective on where you want your children to live and grow up, and you let's say you don't want them to leave the house that they're comfortable in, you better think very carefully about who your guardians are going to be and name them, make sure they're okay with being named, Right? Because, mm-hmm. boy, what a mess. And, I, and I'm sure you've seen that, too. I have seen that, too. Um, you know, again, most of my clients are older, but, you know, this is why these documents are so important. A minor child is not, they're not going to take possession. I would say one thing about even if we're, for, at any age, if you have life insurance, you may have a million-dollar term policy. Hey, that's part of your estate, okay? And so that's a value that's going to go income tax-free, which is a good thing, but then your trust can be the beneficiary of your life insurance, so it pays to the trust. There's a million dollars in there that can be used for the benefit of your children or grandchildren or whoever else but or your spouse but that's uh don't ever discount the fact that you may have a large life insurance policy um and that's part of the estate value so you got you have to count that too but it's all about having the right things in place and that's why as you said the the estate planning x-ray i have all types of information on i tell people look if you want an estate plan and you know how you want to set it up we you know with the attorney you can have it in a month you have it's all in place so this is how we do it no it's so important and and that's a great point because minor children will not be able to inherit money directly they won't be able to control the money so that means you have to name somebody not only as a guardian but somebody to be a guardian of the money you're leaving them or the assets a conservator right or somebody Mm -hmm. who you trust with money issues as opposed to you know maybe somebody who's the right person to raise your children may not be the right person to manage the money that funds the raising of your children (laughs) that is true we have to leave it there but tom is available to x-ray all of these things for you he's not a doctor he just plays one on tv when it comes to your money yes uh 630-934-1855 is the number or go to alphawealthgroup.com Don't forget, you can listen to past episodes, download the podcast at WGNRadio.com, and be sure to tune in next week for another edition of This Week in Wealth 
here on 720 WGN. Tom Fortino is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Advisor. Alpha Wealth Group, WGN, and RWA are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals specialized in fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate, and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by retirement wealth advisors. Insurance and annuities offered through Alpha Wealth Group, licensed in Illinois. Tom Fortino and Alpha Wealth Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.